The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Hello and thanks very much for joining me for another episode of Climate Matters. I'm Lindsay Wood, I'm the Director of Climate Strategy Company Resilience Limited and Climate Matters is brought to you by Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access radio station. Well, today we're going into the hot off the press Climate Matters number 112 and here's what we're going to cover. We're going to have a preliminary review of Hannah Ritchie's book, Not the End of the World. We're going to have something from the Can You Believe It files entitled A Figure of Eight Keeps the Lights On. Then we're going to have a reminder about the Beyond at the Coalface competition to decarbonize the English language. Another item regarding Hannah Ritchie, we often don't know what we think we know. And then we're going to change into politics for a bit, and we're going to offer some policy tips between the lines of the Prime Minister's recent State of the Nation address. And then finally, we're going to give you a list of links to places you can get what we've called climate workouts for the mind, and that relates to the hot tips that we'll give in a little bit later in the show. So let's get into it, and before we start on the articles, I'd like to go over the editorial. You may have heard this week, i.e. the week in which we were, I was writing Climate Matters, the High Court offered a ruling that allowed activist Mike Smith to take several large polluters to court. These were large polluters of the natures of Fonterra and New Zealand Steel and so on. Um, this particular ruling has attracted global attention, especially in places with parallel legal systems because it is setting something of a world precedent on allowing individuals to take companies to court for climate-damaging emissions, even if the harms of those emissions cannot be exactly pinpointed to the companies themselves. This then ties into the relationship between tikanga Māori and what is known as the Law of Tort, and Radio New Zealand's The Detail podcast delves into all of this quite a lot. We will give a link to that on the Climate Matters webpage at Fresh FM. The, the podcast quotes various people, including climate law expert Professor Vernon Rive. I think it's Rive, it may be Reeve. Um, and he says, among other things, there will be a lot of boards and directors talking to their lawyers. And that, for me, invited the question, so how is the public at large going to receive and consider its legal advice um, in terms of its interests uh, via the government? And really, we have to ask, can that be a level playing field? So carrying on from there, on the first read of Not the End of the World, it seems a most important book, but still needs caution. That's my summary statement about Hannah Ritchie's book. You may recall I've often quoted Hannah Ritchie and her book, Not the End of the World, is what I've called importantly geeky. <laughs> she writes really well. The book's strongly data-based and is crammed with interesting insights. We'll come to one in a minute. But I did have recurring senses 
of inconsistency that I couldn't shake off. Sometimes the data seemed needlessly narrow. Sometimes it was overlaid by her own values in a way that I couldn't quite um, account for. And sometimes, maybe for sound reasons, she seemed to be overplaying good examples in order perhaps to motivate us to tackle bad ones. For example, uh, there were cases of, lots of cases of averting extinctions of endangered creatures, but there was very little on the extinctions that were still occurring or had occurred. And she also implied somehow that plastic waste was okay as long as it went into landfill, landfill and not into waterways or the sea. And I also found her analysis of renewable energy rather narrow. So bear in mind, this is just my first take. I've only just had one first read. I'd love a long coffee and a detailed discussion with Hannah Ritchie. That's not likely to happen, but the invitation's out there for you, Hannah, if you want to take it up. Now on to the next item from the Can You Believe It files. A figure of eight keeps the lights on. <clears throat> we'll give you a link to a Yale Education article on Pike Energy. The article is called Airborne Wind Energy. Pike Energy might just be the answer for electrifying difficult sites, like the example they gave of SkySail. That's a company, SkySail's 100 kilowatt, 150 square meter one that's installed in the Maldive Islands. And here's how it works. And this is the can you believe it um, side of it. It's got a mechanism that controls its flight. It's a way high up, several hundred meters up. And the, the mechanism controls its flight so that it swoops in a great big figure of eight. And as it swoops, the, the way it pulls on the line varies from a hard pull to a soft pull. And on the ground, there is clever equipment that takes that variable pulling and generates electricity from it. I think that's really clever. These, uh, these kite sails are competitive with diesel generators, but they're miles more climate-friendly, of course, and they can be winched down if there are things like hurricane warnings and so on. But also, a little bit like ordinary wind turbines, they do need some backup for the times when they can't operate, either when the wind is not generating enough or particularly when they're retracted because of seriously dangerous winds. But as I mentioned, there will be a link to the Yale Education website on the Fresh FM Climate Matters webpage. Just a quick reminder now, still two weeks to help decarbonize the English language and also to help you win our competition. So just come up with a climate-friendly equivalent to, remember the saying, at the coalface. That has to be entered by the 14th of March. We will give you a link to that on the Climate Matters webpage, on the Fresh FM Climate Matters webpage. And you'll be in with a chance to win Cheer Sisters Superb Beverage Packs. Cheer Sisters have kindly donated several packets of their great drinks. The before prize categories, just a reminder, there's one category for primary and intermediate students, one for secondary students, one to give an entire school class a chance to enter, and there'll be an open category. So we do hope we get some interesting examples. I'm really looking forward to it. Now, rolling on from there, we often don't know what we think we know. Again, in Not the End of the World, Hannah Ritchie often references research 
into what people know of an issue or think they know of an issue. For example, one of the questions she relates to is asking people, what share of plastic waste ends up in the ocean? What share of plastic waste ends up in the ocean? You might like to think a little about that, um, and I'll give you an answer. But the her interesting thing about these research examples is that opinion is often very wide of the mark. And okay, she's chosen examples that make her points about the misperceptions people have on scientific data. And I know there'll be cases of much better public awareness if the if we were looked wider afield. But the point is, and I agree with Hannah Ritchie on it, it shows that decisions on technical slash scientific issues need to be based on facts and not public opinion. And that, for example, is one reason why I've been promoting citizens' assemblies and saying they can play such a valuable role in all of this because they are a means of linking the citizens with expert advice. And that way, citizens can consider the facts and reach an informed decision through careful discussion and deliberation and so on. It's not called deliberative democracy for nothing. Now, I said I'd give you the answer of the uh, the plastic question. And the answer to the plastic question, what share of plastics weigh, what share of plastic waste ends up in the ocean is under 6%. But in case you think that's not much, that's still a whopping million tons of plastic per year going into the ocean. Hannah Ritchie has a lot to say about plastics. Now, I said we'd give you some policy tips, so I've framed it as a note to the Prime Minister. The heading is, Dear PM, policy tips between the lines of your State of the Nation address. Some of your February the 18th address, and we'll give a Radio New Zealand link to that, some of your February the 18th address made sense, but quite a bit could end up looking silly if government fails to make the right calls. So that was how I summarized it. And then giving examples and trying to, and quotes, balance protecting the environment with building for the future, close quotes, please be mindful they are mutually dependent, not contradictory goals. We can't really have a properly built future without protecting the environment we're going to live in. It's quite simple, it's well established, so it's a great mistake to look on them as opposing forces when they are not and they shouldn't be. Carrying on from there, and dear PM, your worthy quest to, and I quote, give our kids and grandkids more hope for the future, close quotes, that points straight at maxing out climate strategies. The absolute optimum way to give our kids and grandkids a hopeful future is for them to know that we're really taking the climate situation seriously and doing the hard yards to sort it. Also, dear Prime Minister, I commend your desire for, quotes, careful stewardship of public finance, close quotes. But I respectfully suggest a possible disconnect between that and saying you are quotes, obsessed with getting stuff done fast, close quotes. Please do put on your careful steward's hat 
and take the time needed to really examine and really optimize all those highway decisions. In my view, getting them done fast in an obsessive way is not the way to get the best outcomes for the transport dilemmas that we are facing. Final article, a few personal trainers for climate workouts for the mind, and you'll see where this fits in from the hotter tip. In fact, I'll give the hotter tip now, and then this will make more sense. So the hotter tip for a cooler planet, do a 15-minute-a-week workout for the mind. Allocate just 1.5% of your spare time, and in case you're wondering where that came from, that's about how much of their income New Zealand businesses spend on research and development. So I'm framing this, but we should each do our own personal research and development on climate by getting to understand it better. So allocate just 1.5% of your spare time for your information. That equates almost exactly to one minute per hour on your own climate R&D. And I, then it says, see the article for the links, and that's the article that I was about to read out a moment ago. So here it is, a few personal trainers for climate workouts for the mind. Catherine Hayhoe, most of these I've referred to in various climate matters. Catherine Hayhoe, is a, her um, podcast is brief, constructive, and mind-friendly. Nate Hagens introduces to profound discussions with a variety of deep-thinking experts. Kate Marvel is a NASA scientist, and unexpectedly, she's an entertaining NASA scientist. We'll give a link to a TED Talk. Tim Morgan I've reported on before, and I've called his a brain boot camp on energy and the economy. That's not for the lighthearted. There's a link to NASA for the planet's vital signs. We'll give you a link to Yuval Noah Harari's TED Talk on the modest cost of tackling climate change. And then we'll also link you to the Yale School of the Environment, where they've got a summary sheet for a whole lot of their articles and so on. Now, if you can't find those links on the Fresh FM Climate Matters webpage, because there may not be room to post them all, I will try and post them on the Resilience Limited Climate Matters webpage there. So you might have to look on the resilience.co nz webpage okay we're reaching the end folks i really appreciate your company um it's been a bit of an unusual one we haven't had a uh, a quiz or a, a, a brain teaser for you this time round, but that will come another time so this is lindsay wood thanking you for your company i hope i enjoy it next week kia kaha for the climate and please remember that you're listening to Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access radio station, which broadcasts in Blenheim on 88.9, Eastern Golden Bay on 95.0, to the Nelson CBD on 107.2, and across the Nelson-Tasman region on 104.8. It's also streamed to the planet on freshfm.net, and podcasts of Climate Matters and of other locally produced shows are available through freshfm.net and through the accessmedia.nz app.
The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM with support from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.